Anytime you're chastened, there's never a time we're in the moment of being chastened. That you're just, oh, so grateful for being chastised. In fact, he says it seems grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby... Many, many be defiled. And I want to speak to you this morning for a few moments on the subject deliverance from the defilement of bitterness. Deliverance from the defilement of bitterness. There is a delivering word, there's a delivering spirit of the Lord that's in this place. And I want us just to lift our hands one more time and ask God to have his way in this house. To have his way through the preaching of his word. Lord, we exalt you. We magnify your word even above your name. And we ask you in Jesus' name to move in this place. Hallelujah. Move through your word. Anoint your messenger. Anoint your people. Help all of us to receive your word into our hearts that we may live, that we may grow, that we may thrive in the Holy Ghost. We give you praise for it today in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you for, for standing. I don't ever want us to forget why we are who we say we are. It is so important that we always remember why we call ourselves the Tree of Life Church. We cannot allow it to simply become another name or another church, but we must recognize the sincere value of being the tree of life what that represents and what that means and so we want to talk about it and and we want to keep it in the forefront of our thinking that we are the tree of life church we are here because there is a seed which is the word of God that has been planted in our hearts the basis and the foundation for all that we are And everything we do is that there is a seed called the Word of God that is established in our hearts. That seed has developed a root system. And we have been rooted and grounded in the love of God. And furthermore, that root has come up out of the ground and formed a tree. And that tree is is the very thing that provides sustenance to those who are hungry because the tree bears much fruit. And the tree bears fruit because the leaves of the tree are in constant exposure 
to the sunshine of God's presence and to the rainfall of his word. And the leaves receive the, the, the power, if you please, and the energy from the presence of God and immediately converts it into nourishment for the body. So the, the strength of this body comes from you as an individual, your constant exposure to the presence of the living God. And to the presence of the Word of God. And your, your constant diligence in seeking His Word. You say you don't really have much that you do or that you even may feel like you can do. But, but that is a lie from the devil. Merely by being exposed to the presence of the Lord and being in His glory and in His grace and in His Word. There is a power that feeds the whole body. From the exposure the leaves receive as they, are, as they are lit by the sunshine of God's presence and are nourished by the rainfall of his word. And so we become the tree of life and the fruit that flows from that tree of life. Love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. All of those things. That is the fruit wherewith we feed the hungry. Don't ever forget why we call ourselves the tree of life. We are here to feed the hungry and the thirsty in this world. Those who need nourishment. And we, we, we accept this responsibility and we step into this identity. And our, one of the great passages of scripture that teaches us how this works is found in the gospel according to Matthew. And it is a parable that Jesus shared concerning a sower. The Bible says a sower went forth to sow. And this sower that went forth to sow, sowed indiscriminately. He just threw the seed wherever he could throw the seed. He wasn't paying attention to where he was sowing. He was just grabbing seed and tossing it every which direction. That's the way the Word of God operates. We're not, we're not even paying attention to where all the seed goes. We're just preaching to whosoever will. Anybody that wants to receive of the goodness of God or the power of God can receive of it, hallelujah, at the hand of the sower, which is us, as we sow the seed that is the word of God. And that, that's how it works. We just preach the gospel. We're going to preach the gospel on YouTube. We're going to preach the gospel on Facebook. We're going to preach the gospel at 6477 Cooper Road. We're going to preach the gospel in the workplace. We're going to preach the gospel at the school. We're going to preach the gospel. Our very life is going to be a declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And every time you show love, you are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And every time you share peace and every time you give joy and every time you are gentle and good and patient and meek, you are demonstrating the very life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is seed in the fruit. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I remember when I would eat the... The grape seeds or the watermelon seeds as a kid, my, my brother and sister told me you got to be careful because there'll be a watermelon patch grow inside of you. You start eating those seeds. And so I stopped eating the seeds because I didn't want a watermelon patch growing on the inside of me. I didn't realize till later, last year sometime, that that wasn't how it worked. But, but, I, 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 uh, but that is kind of how it works in the Holy Ghost. 
You just start you just start taking in the word of God and things begin to grow inside of you. Ha, hallelujah. You begin to receive the good word from heaven and love starts growing and joy starts growing and peace starts growing and you become more gentle and more kind and more patient. And I just got to say Tree of Life Church, do you know how do you know how much joy I receive when we preach on things like being gentle and patient and kind and folks are rejoicing about it? I love that. That's why you're the tree of life, church. You love being kind. You love being patient. You love being loving. You love giving people the word of life that will transform their soul. I love that. Let's continue in that regard. This sower went forth to sow, and the seed went every which direction. He, he sowed seed, and some fell on thorny ground, and some fell on shallow ground, and some fell by the wayside. By on, on rocky ground. And, and, and then the Bible says that some fell on good ground. Ground that was ready to receive the seed that is the word of the Lord. That's the kind of ground I want my heart to be. So that when the word of God comes to my spirit, it doesn't have to fight through a bunch of cares of life like thorns. Or a bunch of preconceived notions and conjecture and speculation and doubt and disobedience like rocky terrain. I don't want to be shallow. I want to be good and ready. So I'm going to break up the fallow ground. And I'm going to prepare this heart. Hallelujah. Lord, forgive me of any sin in my spirit. Forgive me of any transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. So that when your word touches my soul, good fruit will come forth. And I will be like you. So many people have been wounded and damaged by folks who claim to be following Jesus but are nothing like him. They have been wounded and then they develop an, a preconceived feeling against the church, which is the bride of Christ. Never should people feel unsafe at the house of God. Never should people feel like they're walking into a place where folks are side-eyeing them, looking down their nose at them. None of us can look down our nose at anybody. Every single one of us are only here because of the beautiful mercy and precious grace of our God. Bless his name. Hallelujah. I ought to just come crawling into this house today. I ought to come crawling in here saying, Lord, thank you for giving me another opportunity to be in your presence. I don't say this tongue in cheek. The Lord knows we don't deserve to be here, but he welcomes us into his glory. He welcomes us into his presence. Hallelujah. When somebody walks into this house who may have a long way to go to be like the Lord, you just remember you do too. And welcome them with loving arms. Hallelujah. And let them feel the touch of God, their creator and savior. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus shared this parable of the sower. And then shortly thereafter, he went directly into another parable of the sower. He described a man that sowed seed into his, into his field. He sowed grain into his field. And as he sowed this seed, it was, he, he did a good job. He had good seed. The field was ready to receive the seed. And he, and he sowed the seed. And then, and then he called it a day. 
The Bible says that while men slept, an enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat. So, so, so they had sowed good seed. They had put the, the word of God. I'm just going to go ahead and jump to the spiritual analogy if that's all right. They put the good word of God out into this field. And as they put the word of God into this field, it took root. It began to grow. But while men slept, an enemy came into the field and began to sow tares among the wheat. They woke up the next day, didn't really realize anything was going on until the, the wheat began to grow. And, and the tares that the enemy had sown also began to grow. And the tares looked like wheat, but, but it had some very marked differences about it. And sometimes people can look like a Christian, but have very marked differences between them and the Lord Jesus Christ. You must understand what it means to be a Christian. It's not just something you profess with your lips, but it's something you live, hallelujah, and you become like Christ. No, 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 we're not just another religion in this world of religions. We are to be like Christ. This is an amazing title that we bestow upon ourselves. When we say, I am a Christian, then you must be like Christ. You must love like him. You must have mercy like him. You must be consecrated like him. You must be devoted like him. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The tares began to grow. And, and there, there's, an, a, a, there's a truth about this concerning the end of time. Where that, that even in the church you have wheat and you have tares. And that you're going to find tares in the church. Somebody said, I don't want to go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites there. And we all, we've all met hypocrites in the church. And God forbid, sometimes we've been the hypocrites in the church. But, but, but God said, there's wheat and there are tares, but let them both grow together. And at the judgment, we're going to sort it all out at the time of harvest. But, but, but when they began to look out over this field and they saw that tares were growing among the wheat, the servants looked to the master and said to the master, I thought you sowed good seed. I thought you'd sowed good grain into this field. Why then, is there, why then are there tares while there is wheat the master didn't really have an explanation. He knew the quality of the field. The field was all right. He knew the quality of the seed. The seed was all right. He knew the, that the atmospheric conditions were right. And there was only one explanation. He said, an enemy hath done this. An enemy hath done this. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to be aware. Don't allow yourself to fall into a spiritual slumber. This enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat while men slept. They were asleep and the enemy was sowing tares among the wheat. God deliver us from spiritual slumber where we are distracted by the things that our body needs, the things that our flesh desires, the things that we succumb to. And, and, and while you are busy being preoccupied with something of a distraction, the enemy is sowing tares in the field that is supposed to bring forth good fruit and good grain. 
Hear what I'm telling you. I've seen it too many times. Where people come to the house of God. They sit through service after service. The preaching of the word goes forth. The teaching of the word goes forth. Fellowship happens among the saints of God. And then all of a sudden there are tears beginning to grow in an individual's life. And you wonder where did the tears come from? We know where the tears come from. An enemy hath done this. There's th- this parable wasn't just about one sower. This was about two sowers. One sower during the day and one sower during the night while men slept. I don't know what it is that the enemy's trying to distract you with right now in your world. What it is that's preoccupying your mind. But you be careful about what the enemy is distracting you with because what the enemy is really after is sowing tares into the field that God would love to have as a harvest of, of, of goodness and a harvest of love and a harvest of faith. But many times we're so distracted and we're so preoccupied that we don't even realize what the enemy is doing. It reminds me of David, the shepherd boy, when he was keeping his father's flock and the lion and the bear came in upon the flock. He did not run from that occasion. He did not seek his own shelter, but he stood up to the lion. He stood up to the bear. He won the victory that day. And the same must be said about you and I when the enemy comes in and tries to sow tares among the wheat. Whenever you feel distracted, whatever it is that's preoccupying your mind and your spirit, you need to stop for a second. Catch yourself, child of God. Catch yourself and say, why am I going through what I'm going through? What is it that's going on? Because all I can think about is being worried about this and worried about that. I want to tell you exactly what's going on. While you're worried about this and that, the enemy is over here trying to sow tares in your field. When you're trying to lay down for a little spiritual slump, and take some time off from prayer and take some time off from worship and take some time off from being at the house of God. While you're doing that so that you can find a little shelter for yourself, there's a lion ravaging the flock. There's a bear ravaging the flock. There's an enemy that has come in to your sheepfold or into your field and is trying to sow tares among the wheat. You have to stop. You're reeling. Oh, I know. I know you're reeling. I know that you are, you feel like you're in danger. You feel vulnerable right now. You feel like the enemy has come in like a flood. And he's got you so focused on one element or aspect. But in reality, he's trying to sow seeds into your life and into your world. Seeds that are not the word of God. Seeds of bitterness. Seeds of chaos. Seeds of sin and disobedience. And they end up causing a harvest of bitterness to come into your life. This is what the writer of Hebrews was trying to tell us when he said, look diligently. Look diligently. Don't just pass over that word. Look diligently. Look diligently. Why? Lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Notice what he said. He said, I'm going to tell you a few things about looking diligently. Here it is. Number one, there is no chastening 
for the present that seems to be joyous. Anytime you're going through a trial or a test or some kind of a chastening or chastisement, you feel like it's a grievous set of circumstances. But if you'll just go on through it, let it take its course, go on through that chastening, Deal with that set of circumstances, that trial, that tribulation. Let God have his way. Let patience have her perfect work. Afterward, it will yield the peaceable fruit, hallelujah, of righteousness. Therefore, therefore, don't be distracted by the chastening. Don't be distracted by the tribulation or the trial or the temptation. Lift up the hands which hang low. Lift up the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. But let it rather be healed. What he's telling you is this. I know you're going through something and it doesn't seem to be joyous. It seems to be grievous. And you feel like you need to deal with that. Because it feels so grievous. Don't deal with that. Let that run its course. You lift up the hands which hang low. You strengthen the feeble knees. You make straight paths for the lame so that it won't be turned out of the way. In other words, don't let anything distract you from doing what God called you and anointed you to do. Hallelujah. Don't you stop, don't you stop loving your family, man of God, because you're going through a personal struggle. You keep loving your family. You keep bringing them to the house of God. Come on, mother, don't give up because you're going through a personal crisis. Keep your eyes on the prize. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, and God will heal you in the process. Lift up the hands which hang low. Confirm the the feeble knees I've learned in ministry if you are going through something it is because there is someone near you in your world going through the exact same thing if you're dealing with a feeling and you don't know where it's coming from or why it's going on you need to stop right then and there and pray and say Lord I don't know who's struggling with this But in Jesus' name, I want you to bless my brothers and my sisters. Lord, if I can strengthen somebody, if I can heal, if I can can lend myself to help, don't be distracted by your struggles. Don't be distracted by your challenges. But let the Lord use you and anoint you. Because when you cease to do that, there is a a sowing of, of the wrong kind of seed. And it will bring forth the wrong kind of harvest. He said, he said, you must, listen, you must follow peace with all men. Let us never forget that. Follow peace with all men. I know you want to get down in the dirt and fight with them. But don't do it. It's a distraction. The enemy is trying to sow tears into your life. I know you want to take the gloves off. I know you want to deal with this. We're going to take this outside. No. It's a distraction. Follow peace with all men. 
I know you want to give them a piece of your mind. I know you want to tell it like it is. I know you want to you want to get up in their face. I understand, but you can't. It's a distraction. An enemy hath done this. You look back over it when it's all said and done, and the carnage of people that were wounded by your words and harmed by your actions, and the people whose lives were changed because of the way you treated them, and you wonder where did this come from? I tell you where this came from. An enemy hath done this while you were asleep at the wheel the enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat don't let any seed into your life other than the seed that is the word of God hear me parents you need to turn that Hollywood junk off and get it out of your family's life You know, preachers, preachers were preaching against television when it was Andy and Barney and Lucy and Ethel. And now when all of hell hath enlarged herself and is showing up all over the world on your iPhone, people don't want to preach against it anymore. But we'd better let somebody know while you're putting the kids in front of the electronic babysitter, you got Satan himself watching your children while you're distracted with what you're going through. Somebody hear what I'm telling you. There is a harvest to be had in your life. Your heart is a fertile field. Put the seed that is the word of God in that field. But so many times the enemy comes in and sows tares among the wheat and, and sows seeds of Bitterness into your heart and into your soul and into your mind. And then you wake up one day and there's all this bitterness growing. And you wonder, where did it come from? An enemy hath done this. Oh God, where did this hate come from? An enemy hath done this. Where did this backsliding come from? An enemy hath done this. Where did this, where did this loose living come from? An enemy hath done this. Somewhere along the way, while men slept, while men were distracted, while men were taking their ease, while the saints weren't praying, while folks weren't fasting, while people stopped worshiping, while people were backsliding, while people were caught up and, well, I need this right now. I deserve this. I've been through so much, I owe it to myself. You don't owe yourself anything. Jesus paid it all. All to him you owe. That is a worldly philosophy. That is a philosophy of the world. It's a heresy out of hell. You don't need to look for self-serving appetites. You need to look for ways to please the Lord. Where did this incessant distrust and cynicism come from? An enemy hath done this. Hey, listen, I need to just say this. Be careful what you're talking about at the dining room table. Be careful who you're talking about. Be careful who you're spouting off about. What you're saying. Don't, 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 don't speak evil of your brother and sister. Magnify the Lord. 
did you know that the Bible literally deals, I mean, the Bible deals with everything. The Bible literally deals with what you talk about in your home. Like, like literally, he said, when you're sitting in your chair, I'm going to give you some instructions on what to talk about. And he didn't say, talk about the juicy tidbit you just heard about so-and-so. And he didn't say, talk about all of the, all of the latest gossip out of Hollywood. I don't, I don't care if it's trending on Twitter. You deal with what he said to talk about in your home. When you're sitting in your chair in your house, say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You need to be in constant magnifying of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! You need to be lifting up his name every chance you get. You know, I love the way the old saints, where the old saints would praise God. It was just flowing out of their mouth. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Did you know we, we, were, we, were, we walk up to each other even now? And we shake each other's hand and say, praise the Lord. What does that mean? Is that an admonishment? I'm telling you to praise the Lord. I'm expecting you to praise the Lord. But, but it's in our vocabulary. It's in our lexicon. You know who did that? It was precious saints of God over the years who got the understanding that his praise needs to be constantly flowing out of our mouth. And so when somebody says something we agree with, whether it's in church or whether it's on the sidewalk, we'll say, amen. I can always tell when somebody's a church-going person because they don't say have a good day they say have a blessed day you ask them how they're doing they say I'm blessed and highly favored I know they've been in the house of God somewhere because it's in their language they're sowing seed they're sowing seed they're sowing seed hallelujah you hang around the the old saints long enough and you realize they'll sigh worship they'll get in the car and they'll, they'll get in the car and hold on to the handle and they'll, they'll sit down and get in the car and say, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> then they'll get out of the car and they'll pull themselves up and say, oh, glory, 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 glory. It's just pouring out of them. you got to get into a lifestyle where it's just pouring out of you. You don't need to take his name in vain. You don't need to express his name in frustration. You don't need to vent his name as something coming out of your mouth to express how angry you are about something. You need to let his name be praised. Every moment, every second, you need to let his name be praised. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Oh, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same his name is to be praised hallelujah 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 Glory. Glory. I don't know. I don't know. There's all kind of sowers out there. All kind of sowers. They're throwing seed into the field of my family, into the field of my children, into the field of this congregation. It's, it's all over. You, you, you be careful that you walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. You'll be blessed if you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Let your delight 
be in the law of the Lord. See, you thought the law of the Lord was some kind of a list of regulations you had to keep. No, no, no. He said, he said, let your delight be in the law of the Lord. And in his law, meditate. Meditate. That means concentrate. Dwell on it. Hell, I didn't say, I didn't say just, just get your little verse of the day, read it, and keep on moving. Meditate day and night. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. You've got to meditate upon the law of the Lord. All day long meditate on it. All day long think about it. All day long let it reverberate in your spirit. And when you go to bed at night, you need to fall asleep meditating on the goodness of God. You say, oh, that'll get boring. Then you've never done it. You say, I don't know how to start praying. I'll tell you how to start praying. You enter into his gates with thanksgiving. It's really simple. All you got to do is start like this. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done. Thank you, Jesus. Pick something to thank him for. Thank you. Say, well, I don't have a lot going on in my life. You listen, you've got so many blessings. Thank him for something. Thank him for the air I'm breathing. Thank you, Lord, that we got a good good friends in this house. Thank you, Lord, that I have food in my body. Thank you, Lord, that I got money in my pocket. Thank you, Lord, that I got a roof over my head. Thank you. Ah, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for his word. Thank him for something. Hey, I tell you what else. If you run out of things to thank him for, start thanking him for what he did for the person next to you. Start giving him praise for somebody else's blessing. Hallelujah. Ha, yeah. Oh, hallelujah. And it may have felt hard to start praying. It may have felt hard to start praying, but once you get into his presence, you won't want to stop. Your boss will be texting you, where are you? Don't make him text you. Go ahead, get dressed, and keep on thanking him. Go ahead, get in the car, and keep on thanking him. Go ahead and get on the interstate and keep on praising him. Hallelujah. And if you can't praise him while the radio's playing, turn the radio off. And go into the workplace with a praise in your soul. Hallelujah. And if there are people in the workplace that get offended by the, by the praise and HR comes down and tells you you got to stop shouting and clapping and stomping. Then let the praise radiate through you. Let, let, praise him with your smile. And praise him with your handshake. And praise him with your integrity. And praise him with your gentleness. And praise him with your character. Ha! I'm telling you how to sow good seed in a field. Praise him with your actions. Praise him with your treatment of people. Don't stop praising him. Uh, Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory. When a person does not have the praises of God coming out of their mouth, but instead they have a bitterness coming out of their mouth. Instead they have a, a 
a toxin. Do you know that when the Bible says a root of bitterness, when we think of bitterness, we think of something that tastes bad. Like, oh, that was bitter. I don't like that. That was bitter. Uh, or we might think of somebody with a bad attitude. Oh, they're so bitter. They're bitter. What are you bitter about? So, you're so bitter. But, but, but it's, 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 it's more sinister than that. Bitterness is poison. Bitterness, bitterness is a toxin. Bitterness kills. It, 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 is, it is literally something that if you take it into you, it, it ought to have a skull and crossbones on it to let you know this is poison. It is bitterness. And when the Bible said, look diligently, you better follow peace with all men. That's what I'm saying when I say praise God in your relationships with people. Keep praising him in the way you treat them. That's called following peace with all men. And he said, follow holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. you got to stop acting like holiness is optional. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. you got to stop acting like, like I, can, I, I might live holy and I might not live holy. Holiness is not something in our history. It's not something in our past. It's not something from way back when. Holiness, hallelujah, is alive and well in the Holy Ghost that lives inside of us. And we're not going to see God unless we have holiness. You've got to come out from the world and be separate. Who said, say it the Lord. Not me saying it, the Lord said it. You gotta, you gotta be pure before God. And you can't make yourself pure. The Lord has to make you pure. You submit yourself to Him. Why, why are you saying this? Because I'm trying to tell you, you've got to look diligently, lest any fail of the grace of God. That 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 ought to that ought to terrify. It does me. I'll speak for me. The, the fail of the grace of God, the amazing grace of God. Folks, I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. He saved a wretch like me. He didn't have to do it, but he did. Hallelujah. He took my place. He took the penalty I had coming. He was nailed to my cross. The nails that had my name on them were shoved into his hands and his feet. The spear that had my name on it was shoved into his side. The, the, the stripes that were intended for my back, he took them upon his back. That is the grace of God. And I'm still going to fail? After all that he has done for me, the writer said, look diligently, my brother, my sister, lest any fail of the grace of God. Get that word in your mind. Any. Anybody can fail of the grace of God. This preacher could fail of the grace of God. You could fail of the grace of God. Your, your grandmother, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister. In Anybody could fail of the grace of God. So look diligently lest any fail of the grace of God. Nobody should take their salvation for granted. We should follow peace with all men. We should follow holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. We should make straight paths for our feet. Hallelujah. We should lift up the hands and hang low. We should, not, we should not resist chastening, but let it, let it work its work. And afterward, it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Yeah. Lest 
any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. It is this defilement that is so complicated and so challenging. So many marriages have been defiled by bitterness. So many ministries have been defiled by bitterness. So many walks with God have been defiled by bitterness. Oh, but I see good fruit in them. Yeah, and there's tears there too because while they slept, an enemy came in and sowed bitterness, sowed bitterness in their hearts. Every time someone offends you or hurts you, it's the enemy trying to put a seed of bitterness in your spirit. Every time, every time you, every time you walk away feeling like you were unappreciated or unwanted, it, it, is, it is the enemy that hath done this. And the enemy is trying to put something in your spirit that will grow up as bitterness. And it, it flows out of the person. You, you can hear it. It's in their words. It's in their treatment of people. It's, it, it, it just flows. They can't help but it. It, it is a, there's a toxin in there. There's a bitterness in there. And it hurts and it wounds. One of our family friends had a son who was walking through the woods and on a hike enjoying the beautiful scenery and nature of the woods. And there's nothing quite like that. He was enjoying himself. And, and uh, you know how it is. You, you're picking pine, pine needles off little of the pine tree, a little twig of pine, and you smell it. And you're like, oh, nothing like nature. We all turn into Grizzly Adams out there. We get our, we get our boots on, and, and we'll go. We're going to drive there, bless God. We're not going to walk. We're not hiking nowhere. We're going to drive there and then hike and then hike back to our car. Amen. And so, so he's walking through, and 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 he comes to this, he comes to this waterfall. This this little, it's a spring, mountain spring, and he. And it was just so, it was just beautiful. It's like, and he, and he thought to himself, this is, this is what it's all about. You just, you don't even need filtration. It's just pure. So he, he cupped some of the water and drank some of the spring mountain water. Man, it doesn't get any better than that. Except that a few hours later, he began to experience severe pain in his body. His body began to be overtaken by a vicious virus. He contracted E. coli. He ended up in the hospital and fought for weeks for his life. They could not find out what was wrong. They finally learned it was E. coli. They said, how in the world did you contract E. coli? And he, he was trying to explain to them, backtrack his steps. He said, well, the only thing that I remember the day of as I went hiking through the woods and I was smelling pine needles and I was, and, and, and then I, I cupped water from the mountain and, and the doctor said, that's where the E. coli came from. He said, but it was so pure and it was so fresh and it was so organic and he said, you know, that can be deceiving sometimes. It can look, it can look so innocent. He said, oftentimes what happens is up somewhere at the origin of the stream, an animal could die. And that animal lay in that water and the pathogens and the bacteria from that dead animal flow through that water and you don't see them. They don't show up, but they're at the source. At the root of that water spring, there's something dead that was never dealt with.
And I, I fear sometimes that's the way it is in a person's life. When you hear the cursing and you hear the, you hear the cynicism and you hear the skeptical attitude and you hear the distrust and the hate and you hear the, you hear the bitterness. What is it? There's something dead back there that never got dealt with. There's some kind of a dead experience. There's some kind of a wound. There's some kind of a kill way back when that nobody ever saw to that it got dealt with, that it got ministered to. And there are people sitting under the sound of my voice right now. You deal with bitterness and you fight distrust and you fight looking and finding the bad in everybody that you see. And you don't trust, you don't trust men. Women don't trust men after they've been hurt and men don't trust women after they've been hurt and people don't trust preachers after they've been hurt and folks don't trust church people after they've been hurt and, and, and people just, they end up giving up on so many things and everything around them becomes contaminated or defiled. But you can have deliverance from that this morning. Hallelujah. You can have deliverance from that this morning. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I want to read to you what Jesus said from Luke chapter 17. This is what he said about offense. He explained to us, listen, there's going to be offense that comes to you. Notice what he said in the first verse of Luke 17. It is impossible, but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were, listen, if you're the kind of person that loves offending folks, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and be cast in to the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day and seven times in a day turn again to thee saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Later they would come to him and say, you know what, I've heard seven times in a day I need to forget, forgive them. But what about so-and-so? Because he's about on number eight. <laughs> Jesus said, I think you missed the point. So I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to give him more of a margin here. He said, you need to forgive him 70 times seven. 70 times 7 in a day. That's 490. And don't bother keeping count. Because when you get to 486 and start and start getting ready for, you're about to cross over. You're about to cross the threshold. And I don't have to forgive you anymore at 491. God's going God's gonna to increase it beyond that. Because the point is keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. When they heard him say seven times in a day, the apostles said unto the Lord, Oh, wow. Seriously? Then please, by all means, increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. He was talking about offense because offense develops roots. Just like the Word of God develops roots in your spirit, if you let it be sown into your life, offense develops roots, and you get hurt, and you get wounded, and you feel offended, and those roots go deep into your soul. And, 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 and the Bible says, says it's a root of bitterness and it will contaminate and defile many, many, many people. But Jesus said, 
if you have faith as of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this deeply rooted sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root, be thou cast into the sea and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Hallelujah. I'm telling you to speak to the roots. The roots of offense in your life. The wounds that are so far back. People who have met you today, they don't even know what you, you, what you dealt with years ago. They don't even know what you've been through. They don't even, they, they, you look like a clear mountain spring stream to them. They just, look how nice they are. But, 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 but there's this toxin. There's this, there's this poison from the past. And Jesus wants to heal your past. Jesus wants to reach down into the deeply rooted feelings that you have against other people. And he wants to uproot them through his word. And give you new life. And give you new love. And give you new joy. And give you new peace. And I want everybody in this house who has ever experienced the miracle I'm describing to praise God for that miracle right now. Go ahead and do that. You never knew you could love again, but the power of God rescued you from that bitterness. Hallelujah. Come on, I know we got our Sunday go to meet and close on, and we, we're trying to look the part, but I wonder if there's anybody in this house that can be honest enough to say, yes, I've been wounded, I've been hurt. There are people that have mistreated me for no cause, and I, and I, and I have in turn mistreated other people as a result. But today is my day of victory. Today is my day of deliverance. Today the Lord is going to set me free from the root of bitterness in my life. Come on, let's stand to our feet and give God a high praise in the name of Jesus. Come on, stand to your feet and give God a high praise in the name of Jesus. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Hallelujah. They had just been delivered from Egypt and the children of Israel were coming through the wilderness plains. And they came upon a place that looked like it was perfect for drinking water. And the Bible says, the Bible says that when they began to try to drink the water, they realized there's poison in the water. It's poisonous. It's, it's giving us illness. There's poison in the water. And the Bible says that Moses took down a tree. Hallelujah. And he put the tree into those poisonous waters. And when the tree was deposited into the toxic waters, hallelujah, the waters were made free from their poison and they were edible. They were able to be drunk again. Do you hear what I'm telling you? That's exactly who you and I are supposed to be. We are the tree of life that he takes into poisonous waters. Do not be intimidated by the toxic waters of your workplace. Do not be intimidated by the toxic waters of your family life. Do not be intimidated by the toxic waters of your relationships. You let the tree of life. You are the tree of life. You are the branches that are in him. Hallelujah. That bear much fruit. Let him take your testimony and your life experience and the glorious healing virtue that he poured into you. Let him, let him, let him, let him dip it into the toxic waters of your world. 
Thank you, Jesus. I, I want so desperately when people come to this place, I want them to be able to dip their hand in these waters and there not be one pathogen that is harmful to them. There not be one one virus, one lurking bacteria. We don't want a bacterium of hypocrisy or a bacterium of personal agenda that would wound anyone that drank of these waters. Lord, put Calvary in these waters. Hallelujah. Put the blood of Jesus in this place and let us be healed from our past pain, our past shame. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want two types of people to be ready right now, if you will, just to make it, just make a, uh, make a show of your praise today. I want the person that has been healed in the way I'm describing, where there maybe had been some bitterness, but the Lord washed that bitterness clean. Where maybe there had been poison in your thinking, poison in your words, but the Lord went back to the root of where it all started. Gave you closure and gave you peace. Ha, ha, ha. Thank God. Folks, I'm, I'm going to have to stop preaching because I'm ready to start praising him. He's been so good to me. I need some praisers to come right now and say he brought me out. He, he delivered me from the poison of my perspective. He delivered me from the toxin of, of what the enemy had perpetrated in my life. The devil tried to so warp and wound my thinking and my mind. But here I am. And I love everybody. I love everybody because of the grace of God. And I want folks that need a healing. I want you to come right now. If you need a healing, I want you to come. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. That's it. That's it. He can uproot any toxic experience of your life. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, that's it. When I think about the Lord, yes, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Come on, He's going to deliver you from your past. Your mistakes and failures have no power in this place. They have no power over you. On solid ground. On solid ground. When I think when about, I think about the, Lord, the Lord. How He saved, how he saved me. How He raised me. How He filled me with the Holy Spirit.